Previously on AMC's The Walking Dead. You know this guy? I'm in charge. No dead weight. I got a lot of supplies. Who's we'll just go there and take what we need. Brian. Oh my god. Just stay in the car. We will do the only thing to protect this campfire. Welcome to PPN's The Pulping Dead. I'm Mike. I'm MB. Tonight we'll be discussing Season 4, Episode 7, Dead Weight. Yes, which rhymes with live bait. I know, I see what they did there. Oh, ah. oh rhymey poo. Ah, I, I see. Ah, zombies. Um, <laughs> so this is... Yeah, Walker. <laughs> Biter. Um, so this is part two of the show's version of Rise of the Governor. And, yeah, which is pretty much confirmed from the onset. And it's prefaced by saying, uh, as we said last week, depending on what happened in this episode, we may inadvertently hate this entire thing and dislike the show. Did not happen. We are very happy. Yeah. Um, your fear, I mean, your biggest fear going in was that it would become, and to be fair, it was mine, just kind of to a lesser extent, because I figured if it would go the way you were fearing, it would eventually go to the point where it's like oh he's just trapping them or something like he's just tricking them into letting their guard down or something like that and um what happened was so much more like a million times better than we could have ever imagined that it's just no longer an issue but your fear was that the governor was going to take his new family and go to the prison and ask for sanctuary and yeah. there would be this whole thing of this whole unnecessary you know, is can they can they kill him? Will they? Why won't they kill him? When yeah. every it's, single one of them at the prison has a reason to kill him. Yeah, it would have been too ridiculous, and the kind of stuff that I was hoping Rocking Dead would have gotten away from. Luckily, they completely avoided that. Yeah, and they did it in a way that I could never. Like we talked about the fact that last week's episode directly takes from the rise of the governor. I couldn't make heads or tails of where this episode was going at any point. And it was, I mean, I like that. I really love that aspect of it because, like, by the time it gets to the payoff, it's like, oh, that, okay, everything makes sense now. And the moment where he snapped and killed Martinez, you didn't see it coming at all. No. Like, that was real just like, oh, holy shit, he's crazy. <laughs> just screaming, I don't want it. Is he yeah, just- it's, that's, a, that's the thing. Is like, it's not just that he's crazy. He is, like, voices in his head crazy. Yeah, all because Martinez brought up that he could help run the place. Yeah. And not only that, but it's like it comes at the like the oddest time where they're doing the golf balls on the uh on the top of the trailer. I like how Martinez is drunk the entire time. <laughs> and just so and for you know, for governor he's seeing like, okay, the leader's drunk, the second command guy is too soft. Yeah. The third the command third guy, guy is a dick. Yeah, well, out of his mind, military, uh, just kind of a, he's really just kind of a gung-ho uh, closet case. Yeah, which is, <clears throat> in, in Rise of the Governor, the book, the, the people Governor kills who's running Woodbury are um, kind of, those kind of, na- they're National Guardsmen, I think. Yeah. And they're that. They're, I forget the character's name. Which is which is hilarious because in the governor's first appearance in season three, he shoots and kills a bunch of national guardsmen. Yeah, 
But I, I like how, you know, in the book he kills the overbearing asshole, also kind of psychotic National Guardsman who's running Woodbury. In this one, he kills the nice Rick-like character. Yeah, and not only that, but you expect him to kill the other guy too, but he makes him a soldier. Yeah. He's like, I, you know what, you were completely right, and you recognize that things have to be done, so I'm keeping you around, even though you're a loose cannon. You fit in perfectly well with what I want to do. Which is the only thing. Yeah, which, by the way, that entire scene, that was where the governor really kind of came back, because you saw him from season three again, where he was, like, behind closed doors and uh, just kind of plotting against people. Like, he he essentially made his big supervillain speech. Yeah, and a lot of people have been pointing out that it feels like the this journey the governor went on was too fast, which I can kind of see, but, I mean, that's... He went from almost catatonic to loving family man back to crazy again. But I don't think yeah. he never stopped being crazy. My thing with it is that I think what was necessary about it, it was that it was a rare attempt to humanize a character who had no humanity. And it just kind of shows like how fickle that is once you give him that, because eventually it's just going to go away. Yeah. As Martinez says, you can't come back. Yeah. Like how that was kind of this is the episode that kind of hammered in that arc. Yeah. And for Governor, I mean it's more true than anyone because the things he has done is the most unforgivable of anyone like at the prison. And this has really given a different edge to him because now he's trying to protect his de facto family that he's projecting his wife and Penny onto. Yeah. I mean as he says, dude. I can't lose you again even though that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the dude is a complete I just love how they don't really cut – they don't really split hairs. He's just flat out insane, balls to the wall, just completely full of himself. He's completely convinced himself of things that aren't true. He's got a complete mindset going on that we don't see, that we don't know the inner workings of. It's just – he's such a multi-layered psychopath that it's fascinating to watch Morrissey play off of all of that. Yeah, Morrissey's excellent. Like, just being so normal and nice, and then just suddenly snapping into a complete psychopath in a minute where he killed Martinez, or... He easily carried... I mean, he easily carried both of these episodes. Oh, yeah. And, like, um... And that's what... I I just want to say, that's what I like about these two episodes, is that even though it's two episodes that have nothing to do with Rick or the group... They still feel necessary because Morrissey makes the governor the governor so fascinating. Or the I, almost called, I almost called him the governor. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of is. Yeah. And a lot of people I've seen are complaining. I do not want it. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people have been complaining, and I can kind of see where they're coming from, which is we went in this two-episode arc, and we end up right back where we started at the end of season three. I which guess. Which I can kind of see, but it's like... We do end up right back there, but isn't this like slightly more interesting that we see the governor go through yeah. this whole villain character arc? And like the the way I think about it, it's like what we expected from the governor's return was that he was just going to be season three governor, and he was still going to be crazy, and um, he was just going to be resuming business as usual. But what real meat would that had had really? Yeah. It's like we still have that, but there's now more on top of it. And the whole point of him coming back full circle was the entire point of the storyline. Yeah. 
was that he tried to go away from it, but he comes right back. And of course, as soon as he's back in governor mode, he wants to take the prison again. Which is interesting to, to note how that counterbalances off of his reaction to what he did at the very last scene with him in the season three finale, yeah. where he just slaughtered all of his followers. And he's obviously just doesn't know what just happened when he's completely killed them all. He's just like, I, but what was that? Like, he's not remorseful. He's not like crying and, and screaming to the heavens about what a monster he is or anything. He's just like, I don't, what, what just happened? Yeah. And that's more of a, I mean, that just goes to show that it's like, no matter how much humanity he convinces himself he has, he just completely isolated himself. And, and it plays again, and it plays nicely against Rick, who has come back, and then Rick, and then the governor can't because that's his natural state is being fucking insane and evil. Yeah. And he just has now something you know to protect that's good to him, and the family's good and everything, but he's still the governor in secret. It's it's kind of fascinating to um to reference another AMC show, uh, Vince Gilligan. Degree of Breaking Bad. He's also he's always talked about the fact that Walter White is a character who, not necessarily went from good to bad, but was just always bad, and his true nature just kind of came through. I think with the governor, it's just kind of the same thing. Where I feel like he was always this evil person. He just before the outbreak, he was just more of a he, he kept it in a check and. I really feel like this episode kind of hammers home the fact that this is just him at his base core because, you know, he keeps talking about his father and his brother and the fact that his father completely abused them and the fact that, you know, even though he has some obvious resentment towards that, it seems like he also agrees with his father's mentality and his reason for not wanting anyone to be weak. Yeah. So it's it's really – just fascinating to kind of peel back the layers a bit and see like what what makes him tick because really when the governor showed up he was already evil like he didn't go granted he wasn't as extreme until he lost penny and lost his eye but he was still i mean completely out of his mind oh yeah he was already completely out of his mind. he was keeping penny as a zombie yeah to begin with but now it's oh he is kind of not necessarily back to square one, but there's more depth to his uh, insanity, I guess, or his evil. That is like, just, he's evil. I also like how there are little parallels you could draw with where he was at the beginning of season three with where he is now, which is um, at the end, he pushes in the body of Pete, uh, the soft leader that he kills. Yeah. And you see Pete as a zombie in the water, just kind of He's chained um, floating. down. Yeah, he's just floating and, and reaching up, and you made a comparison actually, uh, which I thought was actually pretty apt. That it's the it's the once again the head in the jars. The yeah, head. he's his new aquarium is an entire lake now. Yeah, and the fact that Martinez's group has become his new Woodbury. Yeah, I mean it, it is like the entire point was him going back to square one. He he's back in full force now after losing. Now it's he has a fucking tank. Yeah, it's weird how it's like it's almost like his born again storyline. That's that's what I took it as. Like a lot of people, like I said, are complaining that it's back to square one. But that's like it is, but it's not been. I don't think even though a lot of people are very angry and find these episodes to be boring, but it's quite the opposite to me. 
Yeah. I, I love the Governor episodes. I think they're really just fascinating television. Yeah. And, of course, I mean, we both had kind of a weird reaction to the first one, but... Um, it, it, it needs... To, it, you had to see in, like, its bigger context to make sure that they what they were doing with it was what they were doing with it. Yeah, because if you just look at it as it is, it's like it would have been completely random and not at all in keeping with the governor's... Uh, I mean, last season, it just would have seemed like it was trudging repetitive ground almost, and then once you... I mean... What's funny is that you see both of these episodes back to back, and it's so insanely clear what they were trying to do from the beginning. Yeah, and I I, mean, I am kind of surprised that not more people are, you know, kind of looking back more fondly on the first episode or looking at this one as like a complete, a complete. Um, like I said, it's it's a born again storyline. It's that's the point of born again storylines is to take a character. Re- Take the character, take everything away from the character, rebuild it back up. Like it's not just like Daredevil uh, that's done that. It's it's a character trope. Yeah, but no, it's apparently just boring because yeah. things didn't explode. I don't. Fans need to. It's like you know, season two was boring, so now that's the complaint that's always lobbied on, Log- on Walking Dead now by fans. Yeah, it's like so. I don't know what their version of not boring is, but that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Um, and- some of the uh, go on. And also, like, there's there are tons, there's still tons of suspenseful, like, Walker-related moments in here. They're just more subtle, like the Walkers crawling in the mud. Yeah, I love the this kind of symbolism of that of them trying to run away, and then the horror, horrible nature of the world being right there blocking the road. Yeah, Walkers crawling in the mud, which is a great fucking one of the most iconic shots I think of the show so far. Yeah, that actually. Um, if you look at our banner, that's what it reminded me of was that that trade paperback cover yeah. of all the walkers just being assembled and then someone in the foreground. It looked really cool. Yeah. Admittedly, the entire sequence was weird because it goes the commercial break, comes back, and they're right back at the camp again. Yeah. Uh, so no, really I'm, I'm glad I went there because you were kind of fearing, oh, this is where they're going to the prison. Yeah, that's when I was afraid. Uh, I, my question is, what did? how did you take away... Uh, the governor deciding after they come back from that run and they decide not to rob those people and they later find them dead and they've been robbed and the governor coming back and saying they need to get out of get out of there yep how, how, how did you, i take that yeah how did you take like what are your feelings of what was behind governor feeling that he needed to leave i don't think it was because he felt they were in danger like that was kind of what i felt at first like he was because I was still in the mindset of, okay, he's still kind of trying to be sane and trying to be normal, and maybe he's just horrified by what the other guy did because he killed that old man. But uh, as he later reveals, he's not. What I thought came of that scene was that what happened was that he felt a lingering sense of himself coming back because he was in that environment and he just had to get away. That's what I took that too. He was sensing what he was going to do later, only a couple scenes later. Well, no, it's like it's a scene of him going from each body and seeing signs of what he is. Yeah, that and great his scene. Re- his reactions to all of those, I think, were key because he he just looks at them like the rest of them are just kind of disgusted and move on. He's just kind of he lingers on them. Yeah, there's um, early on in the episode uh, before he kills Martinez and all that. They go on a run, and he essentially finds himself in a cabin in the woods. Like, there's all these 
headless bodies attached to trees, and they all have signs on them. One said, the first one says liar, yeah. the second one says rapist, and the final one says murderer. And then inside the cabin, it seemed like whoever was in there um, was keeping their zombified family locked yeah. up. And, and they had only, heads. Yeah, they heads. had heads. I I love the fact that the heads came back into play without like saying, "Oh, it's because of him." It's like no, it's it's just it's something there that just kind of spooks him because I mean that's once again that's um, I think a big reason why he wanted to leave was because just everything about that place was like you could practically see him imagining Woodbury. Yeah, it was encroaching too much. I mean, I, I just love that entire sequence of him, them, and the, them going through that cabin. Him just—it was like some kind of weird. And also, like, oh well. Um, go ahead. No, it was like some kind of almost Dante's Inferno s thing of going through and you know reliving him the horrible underbelly of himself with yeah. those signs, you know, just yelling at him, and then himself inside that dark cabin. And one thing I loved about that scene where they're all sitting around the, the fire was that every time Woodbury's every time Woodbury gets approached by Martinez and any time like his past is approached, the governor completely cuts it off. And I don't think it was because he just doesn't I don't think it's because he didn't want them to suspect him of anything. I think it was because he just didn't want to face it himself. Yeah. Like it's just it's a great character arc for him to go through because it's just it's like someone who's in almost in rehab like they just don't want to they don't want to go back down that path yeah, he's brian now he's not philip he's not the governor he's brian now until yeah. he becomes the governor again yeah because it's always there as soon as he kills martin he snaps and kills martinez because he's martinez says you can help run this place we can make something here because you're here and he fucking snaps and yeah feeds him to zombies i, I don't want it i don't want it i don't want it I mean, when you see that scene at first, it's like you you almost like these are just the random ramblings of a madman. But, you know, once you put it in context, it's he doesn't want anything to do with what he's doing. Like, he doesn't want anything to do with what it's almost weird. Like his mind is saying one thing and then his body is saying another thing. Like his body has gone onto full on instinct mode. He just doesn't want to be that again. But I also think. I also think a big part of why he snapped was that he just saw how ineffective Martinez was as a leader because, you know, he's getting drunk and he's just, you know, messing around and just kind of taking things leisurely when that's definitely not what he feels should be a leadership quality. He's the king going back to the chess thing. I have that whole chess conversation again in the beginning, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, I like how it was – my favorite part of it was how it was intercut with them pulling him out of the pit. Yeah, that was great. Like, there was some really sharp editing in this. Though, once again, like you said, there was that scene of them just back at the camp, which was kind of jarring. I was just relieved because, again, they weren't at the prison. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that beginning thing during him doing laundry and the chess conversation, I love the uh, it's your move, Brian, thing, and then he just pauses and looks I'm off. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. And it's just so subtle, but just you just see the, the turret of the tank enter frame. As he says that, and it's pointing right at his head. It just enters frame. You don't see the tank yet. You just see the turret when he says that line. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's, then it cuts to the uh, the full-on shot of the tank. Also, I wonder, like, is that scene after he's... Does that scene take place after he's assumed control? Maybe? Because that could be... That felt very, like, regular governor to me. 
I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter in the long run, but it just it seemed like for me, I was almost like, okay, this is where he shows his true colors. I, I suppose it's possible that takes place later in the later on after the end of the episode, but I took it as um, I took it as happening, you know, before all that happening in in, in uh, chronological order. Though, and then another thing people aren't really getting when they say it happened too fast is there is a large time jump of them being in the camp for a while. Yeah, like there are time jumps throughout the episode. I, I mean, it was shown I mean, by that with Tara just, and getting a girlfriend and all that. Yeah, I mean, it's just like when last episode when he suddenly it's like several months had passed and he integrated himself into the family. Yeah. And he was all like clean shaven and stuff. It's just like, that's just the nature of the episodes themselves. But, um, and it, there was just, there was a lot of great character stuff, but at the same time, uh, the real, the real moment came at the end. I mean, you, you knew, I, I okay, you didn't know because it could have been that that ending shot of him in two episodes ago outside the prison was just made just to tease his return. But at the same time, you expected him to want to eventually just show up outside the prison for yeah. some reason. And it's after he's assumed control and after he's made all these plans, you just see him drive uh, by himself outside the prison walls and just kind of look like I love the fact that he just looked at Rick and Carl and didn't necessarily do anything. He just kind of looked at them with complete contempt because he it seems like he has more plans for them. Like I, that's what I got from that. It's not necessarily he's just going to go in there and kill them all. I think he has more plans for Rick and Carl specifically. In Michonne, he just flat out wants to kill because he's wanted to kill her since season three. That's that's the moment where he completely slipped back into psychosis governor, which is when he saw Michonne. Yeah. Like, his face changed, he just went crazy. Yeah. I think the next episode begins with his attack on the two of them. So I think there's a preview for next episode where um, he's telling his people they need to attack before they notice one of, theirs, one of theirs is missing. So I'm thinking, I'm just assuming that in the opening scenes we're going to see Herschel die and Michonne get kidnapped. Yeah, because it... it we were talking in a, after the episode about like what our prospects for who would live and who would die would be, and I got to be honest, this doesn't look good for a lot of them. Um, I mean, obviously, the main ones, Rick, Michonne, and Daryl, are never going to die. No. Um, Until Lynn decides to leave the show. Yeah, as, I mean, not that they know what's good for them. At least, same with Maggie. I the minute Maggie dies, I'm I'm I mean, I'm going to have it rough. Hey, I've said this before. I don't like hot chicks dying. I mean, uh, hot, one hot chick already died. I will say this. Lauren Cohan will be on The Talking Dead next week. Don't say that. I'm just saying. Don't say that. Martinez was on Talking Dead this week. Yeah. Well, then again, they didn't announce him, so maybe maybe it's just like a thing where it's like it's she's there to throw off suspicion. Yeah, it's Lauren Cohan and then a mystery cast member. So we'll and, see. Yeah. Um, I mean... It's obvious that, well, they flat out said it in the ad that somebody's going to die. So someone will fall. Um, oh yeah, multiple people are going to die. I mean, yeah. I mean, um, if, if we're assuming it's going to, and multiple people, if we're assuming it's going to go like it did in the comics, and then this isn't some kind of another, because they can't just they can't futz it again. Yeah. They have to have a full on war for the prison in this episode, or they can't be, it can't end in some kind of weird shaky truths between the governor and. And Rick or anything like that. It can't. They can't do. They can't like screw with it again. 
The only thing is, like, how... The only real question is how far can they go with it? Because in the comics, the War for the Governor is the single most devastating thing to happen in the history of Walking Dead. Yeah. So, really, it's just a matter of... I think it boils all down to, do they have the balls to kill off uh, the baby? I think they do. The, the only interesting thing is this happening in the middle of the season, which I did not expect. Yeah. And there is more, David Morrissey is a regular now, so it's not like he's going to die next episode. Well, no, I mean, they're. Yeah, I would say if they were ever thinking about killing off the governor, it would be like a season finale. Definitely. But it's just, it's just interesting to me that the war is happening in the middle of the season, so. Yeah. Which I, which I like because, like, now that the uh, threat of the virus is kind of taking a backseat, you know, the next available threat just came completely in full force. Yeah, it should be. Um, it's going to be a crazy goddamn episode because some people I'm worried about, some people I see is meeting their is meeting their end appropriately now. I mean, as we've discussed, Herschel's done. He won't live. Well, I mean, to be fair, we also thought that about the other episode. But uh, yeah, I think it's if they kept him alive for this one, I think I'd be even more surprised than I was when he lived at the end of that one episode. Yeah, I mean, he, he suddenly gets an episode devoted to himself. Yeah, He's dying this season. If someone's going to die next episode, it's going to be that. And then you wonder if who else is going to die. You know, I, I'm still assuming the baby's going to get taken. And maybe, I'm assuming Beth will have Lori's comic book death. See, what's funny is that back when um, Lori died in in season three, and you, you had Maggie holding the baby, I thought that Maggie was going to be that. Like, I, f- I figured that they were just passing the torch on to her as far as that goes. And I expected her to die that season. So, yeah, I mean, as I told you, I think it would have been a lot better if Carol met that end. Because I feel like that would be a way more fitting death. But at the same time, they've done so much interesting stuff with Carol already this season. Yeah. I don't that know. it is kind of, I don't know, it's conflicted. They, they just, they've given every character's a certain... Michonne's safe, because they haven't even gotten to her mysterious backstory yet that they've hinted at. Yeah, well, safe. I mean, unless they're prepared to completely drop the ball in the series. Yeah. Um, Maggie, questionable. Glenn, questionable. I don't think they'll kill Glenn, because he hasn't, he's just been sick the last couple episodes. Yeah. Though at the same time, it's like, he did meet his end in a pretty pivotal moment in the comics. So, I mean, his number's eventually going to run out. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, so it's possible he'll die. Beth could live or could die. It's hard to say. A lot of red... Every, every red shirt's going to die. I feel... I have a, my thing with Beth not dying is that I just don't feel like she's been made important enough. No, not really. Like, it just it would just feel like, oh, well, well okay. Tyrese won't die. Sasha, Maybe. Maybe, yeah, I could see that. Um, once again, you hope the hot chick doesn't die. Oh, yeah. We had a close call there for a minute. We did. It was scary. Um, <laughs> Mike, Mike was frightened out of his pants. But uh, big things are going to happen next week, I'm big. Oh, yeah, big things. And all of it, I mean, I have no worries for this episode. Like, I had worries for dead weight because I just didn't know where they would go. Now I've completely... They've completely won me over on what's going to happen on the mid-season finale because not only does it look really good, the last season mid-season finale was 
probably one of my favorites, if not my favorite, of season three. Yeah. Let's just hope they able to keep it up on the second half, unlike they kind of when they kind of stumbled in the second half of season three. But uh, Dead Weight, a really good episode. There was some stuff in there that was kind of not not uh, not necessarily bad, but just kind of like you know, like the cutting back to them just like uh, let's just forget about the whole we need to get out of here thing. Yeah, uh, that was kind of weird how they did that. Another thing I didn't really like was we after he takes command and talks about you know. Taking the prison stuff, and then uh, Lily uh, going. We're fine here. This is our home. And then Megan is immediately attacked by a zombie inside the walls. Yeah, that is true. But that felt a little time. like. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I guess they just wanted a zombie attack scene suddenly, but and it made for a cool scene. But it just felt well, like I, that was convenient. The reason the reason I actually liked that was because I just felt like the girl, the little girl, was gonna die right there. I did. I, mean, I did. I did legitimately think she was gonna die. Yeah, I, I figured, I mean, that because of what happens in Rise of the Governor, I figured that was going to be the moment where he just does, he completely goes off the rails, and that kind of sets up what would happen next. And I thought, like, maybe the next episode would be the aftermath of that and him just going even crazier. But by the time he raises that gun to Michonne, I think I there's no there's no reason for him to go crazier at that point. He's just, he's the governor. Yeah. But um, I just didn't like that kind of the the like I can see what you're saying like cinematic the, convenience like yeah well we no there's no reason for us to go to the, to take over the prison oh so, oh there, we must take over the prison now yeah I, I thought that was a little weird but whatever if it was quick it was still a fine horror scene so it's not like it it was just kind of like okay well fair enough and also I just like the fact that Governor whenever that happened he shot the walker down and didn't have a reaction to it. Even, like, the mother went over and cradled the kid, and, um, of course, Tara was horrified because she nearly failed to save her, and the governor just doesn't have a reaction. He just walks away. Just weakness all around him. Yeah. Like, you can almost see the... You you can almost see the disgust on his face. And he has to protect his family that he's projecting his old one onto. Yeah. In a very kind of twisted, disturbed kind of way. So good stuff. Yeah. Really good stuff. I mean, the governor, it was well worth the wait, I'd say, for him to show back up. Yeah. Definitely good episode. Thumbs up to Dead Weight. Yeah. And next week we'll be back for the mid-season finale. I forget what the title that is. That's, um, I'm excited. I think it's, I think that one's directed by Nicotero and written by Kirkman, so. Um. Pretty excited. I imagine it's, it's titled The Governor Kills Everyone. All right. Oh, I, I remember. It's, it's titled Too Far Gone. So we'll be back. For the mid-season finale, too far gone. I like my title better. Um, that's the subtitle. Oh, okay. The governor. Okay, I can kills, work with that. I can work with that. The governor kills the Marvel universe. Um, so for Rick Grimes saves the Marvel universe. <laughs> so this has been um, the Pulping Dead for season four, episode seven, Dead Weight. I've been Mike. I've been Andy. Rest in peace, T Dog. Shane was right. 